Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Talking Locks podcast with Lockitude. This is the Everyday People with Locks series and I'm your host, Adi Balogun. This episode is produced by Savage Media. Today, we will discuss locks in relation to aging. Our guest is Mrs. Tola Bubuade, a 54-year-old mother of two, a professional accountant, a minister of the Christian faith, a long-time customer of Lockitude, and of course, a Lockhead. As usual, and without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, um, good afternoon. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with us. Welcome to Talking Locks Podcast with Lockitude. Um, can we just start by meeting you? Can you tell us your name and a little bit about yourself? Okay, my name is Tola Bobwade. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm an accountant and I'm a mother of two beautiful girls. One is 22 and one is 15, yes. My younger daughter has locks just like me. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'm a... <laughs> okay. So I think that's about it for now. Okay, um, when I was choosing the title of today's podcast, Locks and Aging, I felt a certain way about it. I almost felt like, ah, does this mean I'm trying to put an age to Mrs. Bogwade? Um, and I do know that I'm getting to my, I'm approaching my late 30s now. And I was feeling some kind of way about age. So I just wanted to have a discussion about that before we continue. It's like age something to frown upon when it's coming on us. Like, is it a, is it a bad thing? Do you ever feel like, okay, um, I know you are older. I don't even know how old you are. But I know you're an older woman with locks. So is this, like, is this appropriate to say locks and aging? Or is, this a, is there a different way to have this conversation without making age look like a bad thing? Or is age even a bad thing? First of all, age is not a bad thing. I would proudly tell you that I'm going to be 54 in April. And um, I've, I've embraced my age. I don't feel 54 anyway. I feel as if I'm very young. And my daughters will testify to that. Um... <laughs> Age is just something that comes up. It's natural. Whether we like it or not, we will age. So it comes naturally. And the earlier we accept it as a natural progression in life, the better for us. So funny enough, I just embrace I don't feel like 54. I feel very young. I jump around. Once in a while, maybe you feel some twigs in your body and that will tell you you have to slow down. But generally, I just feel so young and so free and so happy. Yeah. Okay, so I'm happy you said that because I feel more comfortable with the conversation because I was like, ah, when you bring up age most times, because even I myself, I, I find myself um, trying to look 25, even though I'm, <laughs> I'm almost maybe just a few years older, but I'm really concerned about getting old. So I, I'm, I'm happy I don't have any great hairs yet. And um, I think I'm just going to sit back and enjoy my age and you know accept oh. it so um, you're lucky you don't have gray hair and my daughters have had gray they've gone gray since they were like 10 wow and so what do you is that age or what it's just not it's that's, just that's natural. natural okay wow um so how long have you had your locks now i think it's going to be seven years in october october 1st actually i remember i did it on october 1st and it's going to be seven years come October 1st. So, independence locks. <laughs> yes. 
But yes, was there any significance with um, October 1st being the Independence Day for Nigeria and you getting your locks on that day or was it just coincidence? I think it was just coincidence. It was a day that I didn't need to go to work and I just chose that day and said, okay, most people are public. There's a public holiday. I think I can go around because I actually went to about three different places before I got my locks done. So it helped that it was a free day and i was just like i'm not going back home without getting locked okay um so but why did you choose locks as a hairstyle in the first place especially when it's something that is uncommon and mostly frowned about and seven years ago it wasn't even as embraced as it is today so why why locks I've actually loved locks. I don't know when I started loving it, but I've always loved locks. And I've always wanted to do And whenever I see anyone who has locks, I would stare at them and wish I could just put it on my head. <laughs> I, I, I completely relate with that feeling. I think I did a video a few years back where, or was it a blog post some years ago when I said that um, when you want locks, there's like a spirit that just tells you this is what you should be doing and sometimes you can't explain it you just like it and you know it, it happens um yeah so you got your locks at the age of 47 and at the time you yes. were trying to get it did you ever feel it was inappropriate especially in our society where locks are deemed like for as something irresponsible people do um no I never thought about it as age. All, with all my hang-ups, I had quite a lot of hang-ups about it, but not age. Age was never one of my hang-ups about it. Um, I, I was saying I've had this love relationship with my hair. I have thick black hair, and I've done all kinds of things. I've cut it low, cut it high, done all kinds of styles with it, and done all kinds of experiments with it. Well, I discovered by the time I was 47, I had come to terms with the fact that I do not want wigs. I do not want weave on anymore. I do not want um, braids. Like I said, braids would chop up the front of my hair. So it would make me into a hairless, uh, my um, hairline was non-existent. That's mm -hmm. what it would do all the time. I would only put weave on on when I was traveling, and I was traveling out, so I put weave on on, and it was it was really a chore. So I had wanted locks forever. My hangups were like I was a Christian. Mm. It was said to be demonic. Mm. It was said to be not Christian like. It was. Do you understand? So my hangups were actually round my religion or my Christianity, as I would call it. Basically, that, those were my hangers. I had people tell me that it wasn't age-appropriate after I had done it. But, my dear, before I did, once I took the decision to do it, nothing anybody would say would move me. Okay. Okay, you, you've brought up a completely um, interesting side of this conversation that I did not even consider. When I thought about locks with regards to religion, we do see that we have a lot of Muslim women who cover their hair when they are outdoors who have chosen locks as a hairstyle so when i was speaking of when i was thinking about um future podcasts 
where we'll be exploring religion i was actually thinking about it from the islam point of view so it's interesting that you bring it up from a christianity point of view so uh, since we're talking about it i was just wondering were there any real facts or evidence to say you shouldn't be doing this hairstyle as a christian um you see it's not necessarily hairstyle because if we look at the history of locks that's our natural thing but you see when we were colonized we were told that everything that was natural was barbaric and evil mm -hmm. so locks just fell into that category locks just yes yeah, just fell into that category I would, I would just take, I'm, I'm just, I'll just take you on random the thoughts in my head. Let me give you an example. Breastfeeding. We were told that breastfeeding was barbaric. Oh, how could you, when you're not animals, why would you breastfeed? So my parents were taught that cow milk was the best for me. Wow. And it was, it was totally out of it for, for you to see a woman breastfeeding you must be local you must be this you must be that but by the time i was going to have my daughter 20 years ago the science and the in the, the uh, what is it called the investigations and the research had shown that breast milk was the best we've always known that mm. but then the woman came and said it wasn't so mm. and so we changed and mm. so it's the same thing with our hair we're being told that unless our hair is straight, mm. unless we have the in, the Oimbo man concept of beauty, we're not beautiful. Mm. And we've followed it hook, line, and sinker. And so it stems into the religion too. We're yeah. told that the hair is demonic. Don't forget that a natural dada is seen as demonic. Mm -hmm. In Yoruba land, we deify those kind of people. But then the Oimbo man comes and says, anybody you deify, is demonic yeah. yeah and so we want to cut it out of our life yeah so, so it's not just the locks alone it's basically our whole way of life that has been thrown away we're now trying to regain it as we understand every day yeah so now let me just say okay go on ask your question no no i, I was just going to agree with you because um in doing this podcast i just wanted to kind of explore the lives of everyday people with locks and just have easy conversations but the the more i'm recording the more i'm realizing that this is a response to subconscious and unconscious mental slavery that the yes. colonized colonized african is going through and um unlike the west and like the black americans who kind of have their white oppressors around them and can relate to what oppression is because we don't have that environment it's hard to see that we are still mentally enslaved and oppressed by ideologies that don't serve us that instead make us worse that don't you know that's not natural to our being so i i, I just i'm happy that um i didn't think this conversation would be this serious or would have so much power but i'm, I'm feeling this energy and i think it is these are things i think about because i'm in the business of hair and not just of hair but of locked hair but i i feel like these conversations hearing it from other people would force people our listeners to really think about what decisions they are making and how they got there and if it's just you believing something that your generation generationally has been handed down to you with no real science or evidence that it serves you um 
Yeah. So yes. I don't know um, if you still remember so what you're going to, to say. Go, yes, to go on, I would like to say that I'm a Christian. I'm a born again Christian. And I'm a minister of God, which means I preach on the pulpit. I teach about what God is saying. I would like to put that out there. Okay. Now, okay. when I decided that, I, when I cut my hair the second time after I had my daughter, that's about eight years ago. When, they, when I decided to start growing my hair again, don't forget I cut it about 15 years ago. When I had to grow my hair again, it was too tough. I couldn't handle the kinkiness. And so I went back to relaxers. So this time around, when I cut it again, I was like, no, I'm not going back to relaxers. I'm tired. So I had a conversation with God. God, let us talk about this thing very, very well. I need understanding God. And we sat down and I asked him, I said, God, what makes my natural hair demonic and a wig acceptable? What makes my natural hair, the hair that grows out of me, demonic or not acceptable, and a weave on is acceptable? What makes my natural hair not acceptable and relaxed hair is acceptable? And those were the questions I was asking God. How come what I am, how you created me, is not acceptable? Unless I make some amendment and some whatever to it, that is when I would be accepted as a Christian. Because like I told you, age did not come into it. It was just my, re my Christianity, my relationship with God, and how I viewed this thing. Mm. And God and I settled it, I would like to tell you. I'm glad to hear that. Um... We settled it. And once I was settled and I was convinced beyond reasonable doubt, I went ahead. I had people saying, Tala, you're a minister of God. How would you preach with this? And I said, excuse me, you take it. Mm. You understand? And now that the hair is long, I rocked every stage of it. I loved this short stage, so I want to go back to that. But I rocked every stage of it. Now the hair is long. A lot of people would like to have the hair. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are more accepting of it because it's long and it doesn't look like a yahoo boy's <laughs> but it's a journey not is a journey you progress and i am i've progressed and i might get to a point where i cut everything off again and i start again okay but i'm very comfortable in my skin yeah so um just looking at it from the age perspective as well for the people who kind of mentioned to you that why would you be doing this hairstyle at age 47 you know even if you're going to do it maybe you should have done it when you were much younger and um yeah. what, what how did you cope with that how did you how did that tell on you did you um did you feel like did you go back to think about it and say am i really being age inappropriate with my hair choice now don't forget that i had settled this matter mm -hmm. When you decide, I tell people, when you decide to do locks, you decide to do it for yourself. You're not deciding to do it because somebody said, please do locks. If you're still copying one person or the other, you would have issues with whatever anybody says. And like I said, I settled it with God. And I'm a Christian. And for me, God is the ultimate. 
So who can talk when God is not talking? So that was it. So it's them saying, oh, don't you think it's not age appropriate? I said, look, that's your problem. My mom actually thought that it was a fad. And after a while, I would take it off. I kept on asking me for a whole one year. When are you going to do this here? When are you going to, to take off this year? When are you going to do this? So everybody has their perception. And you can't force your perception on me. And like I told you, when I wanted to start the year, I didn't think about age. Age wasn't a consideration. It was more of my religion. It was more of my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So... You telling me that you are too old for it? I was like, eh, is there an age where you do your hair? Does it? Does hair have anything to do with age? It really doesn't. Okay. Um. Just speaking to how did you did you have any challenges? Because I know, um, when you're more mature, it's more difficult for 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 you to be impressionable by your society because you've been through your own experiences and you usually have the liberty of making your own choices but being an accountant working in a corporate world you know i'm sure you meet with third-party clients you have your colleagues that you work with every day was there any ever negative or positive perception of what your hair meant by the time you started to to or when, by the time you chose yeah, to have a hair choice as an accountant, the first um, advantage I had was that I run my own practice firm. So I was the boss. Or even my staff were like, ah, madam, what's going on? Um, then when I go out for meetings, people just say, Tola, what's going on with your hair? How can you do this? And I say, oh, it's okay. I like to do it. And they're like, wow, I can't do it. Wow, it's not acceptable in our organization. If I did it, I would have to put on a wig. You know, all kinds of things. Everybody was saying what they wanted. It did affect my income negatively. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like I like to say that, it is what I'm, it's my output, not what you see. Mm-hmm. And clients who had known me for years, just saw it. I was quite confident with it. I was quite brazen with it, let me say that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, um, I didn't do it apologetically. Mm-hmm. I owned my hair. I was happy with my hair. Um, if I felt that it would be offensive where I went, I would pack it in such a nice way. Mm. So that it's not sticking up all over the place like I like it to stick up. So I would try and keep it down just to respect the sensibilities of other people. But the hair was here to stay. It was my hair. It was my stuff. It was mine. And I owned it. So I was confident. And that's why I tell people now, if you want to do it, don't do it because anybody says you should do it. Because then you will stop it because somebody says you should stop it. You need to know what you want. You need to love it. I've loved it for ages. I only had the confidence to do it seven years ago. Wow. So you can see that. At least my, my daughter, when I first of all considered it seriously, was when my daughter was born. And she's 15 years old now. So I've had eight years to consider what would A feel, what would this client feel, what would my pastor think, what would you understand? I've had all, I've had eight years to think about that. Okay, yeah. So, um, okay. So, so, so sorry, sorry to cut you off. Um, but I was just going to ask because you brought up your daughter. Um, do you think that your children uh, perceive you differently? for your hair choice are you a more relatable mom because you have locks or does it even 
play into that um, part of your life at, at all? Um, not really. Because my children were young, were much younger. When and so they were not they were not out there like wanting to do. My baby was um eight when I when I did that so but the thing the thing about it is that it's giving them the confidence to do what they like with their hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's giving, they're not they're, they're not in any straight jacket. My older daughter didn't want locks. I tried to encourage her. Why don't you do locks? You because she's natural. Mm-hmm. And she says no, I don't like locks. And I've tried to convince her, and she doesn't want it. And so it's fine. She doesn't have to do what I want. Yeah. My younger daughter decided to have locks in. And did it for like a year and one day sat down and took a pin and took out all her locks and uh, by the time i went to visit her just she had taken out everything and i was like wow why why did you do this i said i was tired and then less than a year later she she thinks and says mommy i can't do this here i'm going back to locks and so she's back to locks Yeah. So for me, anyhow you want to do it, I would give my children more freedom with their hair than I was giving, and let them see it's just natural. And you can do. So what I have one. Do. Yeah, to do what they want to do with their hair. Um, my children like colors, and so the first one wants to dye her hair gray, and I said. And um, my second daughter, when she was twelve said she wanted to dye her hair gold and i said no and she can negotiate herself out of any place and any bag you put in she started the negotiation and i said okay you know what when you get to school ask your hostel parent if your hostel parent says okay then you can do it and she says okay and i thought she would not have the confidence to ask her hostel parent and she went up to the hostel parent and asked and that one said, oh, you can do it. And so she comes me and says, my hostel parent says I can do it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I had forgotten. I would have called the hostel parent ahead to say no. <laughs> so, I, so I then said, okay, okay, you know what? If you get highest GPA in school, then you can do your hair. You can color it gold. She said, what? You told me hostel parent. I said, yes. But I'm adding if you get highest GPA. My dear, she got highest GPA in her class. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so the day i bring her in from just the day she lands in lagos she says so when am i going to have my hair done she had her hair colored the next day and she had gold tips so since then she's been telling me now is every day i want to have purple i want to have this i want to have that i'm more I'm, i am more accepting of colors now than i was before i'm just a black black person why are you coloring your hair? So the older one is always saying, I wanted to color my hair gray. You didn't let me color it gray. Now you're allowing Deborah to color her hair. <laughs> so, so you know, so those in that area, but any other thing I've given them, look, you can have your hair natural. I fund it. I like to tell them I'm funding this venture and it's very expensive. But I fund it because that's their hair. The younger one wants dreadlocks. I fund it. I'm fine with it. Mm. When they're old enough, they will take more decisions for themselves. But right now, there's nothing wrong with the decision they're taking about their Okay. Um, I wanted to... That, that's actually quite interesting. And I'm quite happy that, 
it's interesting to also learn some of the backstory because Lucky Seed has also been involved in Dura's hair, you know, and yes. starting again and dying in gold. And it's just interesting to know that, wow, there was some resistance because from my perspective, yes, you're just a yuppie mommy that would allow you know your kids do everything so it's interesting there to was hear resistance. that there's some resistance um and and yeah. i'm sure because in my own case i started my locks and my mom started her locks about maybe some six seven years after i started my locks so um, yeah. um even though i ended up influencing my mom because she didn't like my hair when i started but when she started to see the convenience and that was growing and it looked good, then she's like, she, she even said her locks without telling me. So I, it was a surprise to me. Do you think that your having locks has directly influenced the Ura's decision to have locks herself? Yes, it has. Yeah. Though it didn't influence her older sister, mm-hmm. but it influenced her to have locks. She saw the convenience Part of the reason why she decided to do locks was that she was in Joss, in school in Joss. She went to Joss at nine. And so she had to braid her hair. Every time she was going to school, she would have to sit down in the salon and spend hours braiding her hair. And then when she comes back, even if it's just for a week, she would spend time undoing the hair, having to wash it, and within a short time, braid the hair again. So it was too much of a chore for her and so soon after maybe three years after she said look you know what i would like to do this and not have to go and then she's a free spirit she's such a free spirit and so she would like to leave her locks hanging all over her face hanging all over her head (laughs) and i remember when i go to visit her in school if the locks it's in is in disarray like i would say and you know, the mom in me would say, can't you pack this hair? And she says, it's okay the way it is. And I'm like, ah, can't you, can't you make it a bit neater? But, you know, that's what she wanted. And it, it just brought out the, indivi- the individuality in her. That's what I saw. So after a while, I let her go and I would always tease her. You like your locks covering your face. She doesn't have that in her new school now. She has to be prim and proper and all sugar spice and all things nice in her new school. But that's fine. Okay. So I, I want to take the conversation a little bit in another way. Um, just seeking your perspective as an older person on how locks reflects on our personal relationships. So one of the things I personally have gotten over the years of having locks is and being unmarried is like you know what are you going to do on your wedding day what if your husband doesn't like your hair you know and um so i'm going to ask this from two perspectives has you have you had any um impact on your choice from um a male in your life and if for instance one of your daughters was attracted to a male suitor who has locks how would you perceive that as a mom, even though you have it as well? Um, first of all, I have come to realize that the way you do your hair really doesn't impact on who you are. Or it really doesn't show that you are, um, you are a rebel, kind of, in a bad way. You could be a rebel in a good way. Um, 
when I started my locks and with my children, I have had to change quite a number of my perspectives. Since hitherto, I would say no to. I have come to realize that um, we are biased without any real basis for our bias. So, I have a male in my life, my younger cousin, and he has gold in his hair. He's colored his hair gold. And I was excited about it. I think 10 years ago, I would have looked at him as an omoburuku, as an area boy. So, as you get older, your perspective changes a bit. And things that you held to so rigidly, you didn't begin to see that there's nothing much in there. So, I would like to say that if a guy comes and wants to marry my daughters with locks, we would have to have a conversation. I would like to know what is going on in his head, not what is on his head. Mm. And um, because my children went to Hillcrest, in Hillcrest, they, they, they're not bothered about your hair. So most of her classmates, both, both of them had all kinds of hairstyles, wild hairstyles. And these boys were wonderful boys, Christians to the core. Mm. And it, they were just showing their individuality. They were just showing who they were. They were young people who were exploring themselves. And I remember, Sorry. excuse me, my younger daughter's school, a class, had the boys were always on about going to the barber shop because I actually took some of them there. As a surrogate parent, I would get in there and say, okay, you want to go to the barber shop? Okay, let's go, whatever. And they liked to do their hair. I think these were just young boys, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds who were just running around, happy with their hair, happy to, to explore. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't look at someone with, a, a man with locks and say, oh, is a an amubu. Mm. I saw one post um, on the internet some time ago that anybody who has locks has drug panaphilaria in their hair. And I was so amused because I had locks. Maybe before I would have thought that. You know, we have this idea that um, Bob Mali personified mm -hmm. the drug whatever. And so we think, okay, everybody who has locks is on drugs. Or no. There are quite a lot of people who have very reasonable young men and women who have their heads screwed on right and who are doing great things with locks. So, no, I wouldn't like to box them up and say, oh, because you have locks, you can't. I know other people around me would want to, but I would like to tell them that let's hear what this young guy has to say. Let us hear how his mind works. What exactly is he on about? And not just look down on him because he has locks. Okay. Um, I want to also try and understand, have a sneak peek of what locks kind of meant to you in your much younger years. I know you have clearly stated that most of your fears were around your religion as opposed to perception itself. But like, so yeah. um, I started my locks in 2009, which is much much later but at the time i was starting my locks my, my mom had told me 
I had told her I wanted to do it. And I wasn't even seeking for her permission because I was already in my mid twenties. Um, I, I was just telling my mom what I wanted to do. And her response to me was, uh, she didn't even answer me. We were out and about and she saw, um, someone who was mentally ill on the side of the road who had locks because their hair was uncombed. And she was like, I didn't see what you want to do to your hair. So at that point, <laughs> I knew that it didn't agree with her per se. And that kind of set me back for um, another three years or so before one day I was tired and I was like, you know what, I want to do this thing, my job. I don't even have the time to be sitting there in the salon. So I'm just going to do it. And I'm happy that many years later, she decided to do it. So if you ask me uh, my perception as at 10 years ago, um, 11 years ago, thereabouts, it was still something that only mad people had when you think about it in the context of the streets of Lagos or people who associated with like the Rastafarian culture, you had to be a footballer. You know, you just could not be who you were and have locks. There was supposed to be a reason why you have locks. So I just want to understand my question really is, um, thinking about you in your teenage years, how did you perceive, how was locks perceived in in that time? And how has it changed over time? In all honesty, the only people that had locks were the Rastafarians. Um, they speak funny. They speak patois. My, Bob Marley was a classic example of somebody with locks. And then any other reggae artist. So it was mainly reggae. Now don't forget that Bob Marley took ganja. And so that flowed. And then for most people, weed would make them mad. So, you know, everything was building upon each other. But it was never something I really considered when I was younger. I never, ever considered. In my teenage years, I was still about stretching coal. So we would have our hair stretched out. And like I told you earlier on, that the colonial mentality was that we are only beautiful if we look like the whites. So that was predominant in my time when I was a teenager. We're always looking at how to get our hair straightened out. Now, in school, we were not allowed to relax our hair. So we would do the normal treading or DD. And then during the holidays, we would go look for straightened comb to straighten our hair so that we could flick it to the back. Growing up, after getting married was when I started considering locks. And it wasn't really pretty, it wasn't, it wasn't so heavy on my mind until I had my children and my hair was falling out and I was tired of relaxing my hair. I was really tired, but there was nothing I could do because I had thick hair, very thick, and my scalp was sensitive. I was tired of relaxing my hair because I had sensitive scalp. I always had bones bad bonds sometimes so you can see that it was the experience was having relaxed for so long and getting tired of it that i thought why can't i just keep my natural hair and from there flowed the idea of okay can i have locks and then i had my the, my perception of locks started changing mm. i started looking at people who had locks and who were professionals not just footballers and things like that. I started seeing people with locks that were re respectable people. Mm. 
that's not to say that the Rastafarians were not respectable because I love Bob Marley and I knew all his music to heart. But then the ingrained training at home that look, weed is bad, you could go mad and stuff like that. So that was on one side and then you had the music on another side. So, but after a while, you know, you see, the thing about aging, which I love, and I really, really, really love aging, is that when you get to a certain age, you don't care about what people think. Mm. So, by the time I go, was going into, by the time I was 40, I started saying, Tola, you need to change your life. I remember telling somebody that I will soon be 50, and I need to get rid of the, the toxic people in my life, and I need to get rid of, so, by the time I was 40, I was looking at what is all this rat race and why am I bothering about what this person thinks and what that person So as you get older, you're freer. You don't care about what anybody thinks. Okay, so they think it, uh-huh. I've lived all my life watching out for what this person thinks and what that person thinks and where has it taken me? So nearer to my 50, I was freer. And my perception changed on quite a number of things. And locks, my hair was one of them. Locks was one of them. I decided I wanted to be natural and natural. Okay, I've learned a lot from our conversation so far. I have one more question, but I just want to kind of reflect on the things that we've discussed. I guess in having this conversation, I've learned that locks are not aging appropriate. And um, as an older person choosing to have locks, you are also impressionable on the younger generation by your daughter to knowing and realizing that it is a valid option for her her choice um there's something important he said he said the way you do your hair doesn't impact on who you are so i i, I really did like how that came out and um we also kind of discussed that most of the bias we have about locks and how we see ourselves as even Africans in Africa has no basis. It's just um, um, subconscious leftover colonialism, mental slavery that we're going through and we have to be a bit more aware to overcome that. Um, you've also said when we're talking about um, a potential suitor for, for your daughters and you were like, you know, it's not what is on the head, but it's what is in your head that matters. Um, I've also learned from you that um, there's been a shift in your perception on how you've come about, you know, believing that your hair has to be stretched and combed and braided and be a certain way. And you've had to walk through the, the process yourself. And agree with yourself that this is fine and there's nothing wrong with it. And um, more than anything, um, also plugging into the fact that the older you become, the more freedom you acquire. And age basically gives you freedom. So um, I, I feel like I, I was taking notes. That's why I could articulate all of that so eloquently. <laughs> so it, it's almost felt like a lecture. And um, I, I personally, with this conversation, will stop trying to look 25 and just accept my age <laughs> and, yes, and be yes, my age yes. and look good and feel good about being older. So my very last question for you is that for any person who feels like, you know, oh, my time has passed. Um, 
you know, I should have done this when I was much younger. I'm not 20 years old anymore. I should even be thinking about this. And they are genuinely in that place where they feel that locks is an option, but just feel that they are too old for it. What would be your advice to them? Um, I, my, my advice would be that, um, I have two sisters who have chosen locks because I did not. One is over 50 and she likes to claim she's 35 <laughs> and the other is over 40 and they're very comfortable in their locks. And I would like, it's just because I did it and they were like, sister, you did this and they're happy. So at whatever age, even if you're 70 and you decide to want to go for it, you would feel joy. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm happy. I love my hair because it's your choice and nobody's choice. You decided to do it. So don't look at age. Look, the things that are, that you have to be conscious of are things like clothes. Their clothes are very age appropriate. As you get older, your mini cannot be as mini as you used to like it. I loved minis. <laughs> and I wore minis. But now, I'm older, I'm 50. I'm over 50. So why am I wearing those kind of minis that I used to wear when I was a teenager? It's not age appropriate, but not your hair. Your hair grows out of you. It's not what you put on you. It's what comes out of you. Your hair comes out of you. It's you. So at whatever age, you, as long as your hair is still growing, my dear, go for it. Why do you need to put on a wig when you have hair growing out of you? Mm -hmm, mm, 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 mm. Why do you? Why do you need to put on weave on when you have hair growing out of you? Today I was, I was, was it yesterday or today? I was watching Craig Franklin, whom I love. And I saw one of these backup singers and she had scraped her hair scraped it and she colored whatever was left gold mm. and i was loving it and i was thinking what do i think i'm sure by the time i do that people will go say tola you just lost it <laughs> well my dear it's my hair it's growing out of me i'm adorning what is coming out of me so i'd like everybody to note that it's coming out of you're not putting it on mm. to mm. you so how age appropriate is your hair coming out of you going to be? If your hair decides to fall off because you're 70, that's your hair. And then if you decide that, oh, I want to do something extra, right? Put on a wig, that's fine. But what is growing out of you can never, it, 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 it doesn't have a timeline. It's growing out of you. My mom, her hair is not growing again. And so she has low cut. But if her hair was growing long and it wants to grow to her waistline at 84, I would encourage her and I would do it for her and let her feel cool with her hair. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me because she's 84, she shouldn't have long hair. So that's it. Hair is not something for age appropriate. As long as it grows out of you and as long as you can keep it clean and you can keep it neat and you can look beautiful with it, please go for it no matter what the age is that you are. <laughs> I, I feel like if we were in um, church or like at, had an audience that would have 
end there with a big round of applause. Um, so this conversation has been interesting. I like that it has been original. The answers were never planned. Uh, you didn't get questions ahead. So I have learned a lot, um, mostly to embrace my age. So I just want to say thank you very much. And I hope that this conversation is impactful for somebody out there who's choosing to wear their locks and is being or feels that they are restricted by age or someone else who is portraying their insecurities on somebody who is older saying why should this person have locks because they are much older so i hope we're able to change that and more importantly i hope that um, it helps us gradually become more independent as africans and comfortable in our skin and in our origin in the way we are and stop looking to the west or for um biased um perceptions of ourselves that have no basis so thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you for having me and um, thank you for having me yes i'm really looking forward to the response we'll get when this finally comes out i i, I would look forward to it too and and this has been an experience for me thank you for calling on me i've thoroughly enjoyed myself i was wondering what would she ask me i hope this i hope that and so you know i was like there was this nervous energy but i'm happy that i could you know contribute my own quota because these are thoughts that have been running through my mind throughout the years and i'm glad i was able to articulate them thank you so much thank you all right then have a nice day and you too take care all right well. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Talking Locks podcast with Lockitude. It has been such a pleasure being your host. My name again is Adi Balogun and thanks to our producer, Savage Media. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at Lockitude, L-O-C-I-T-U-D-E and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And for more interesting podcast episodes on Everyday People with Locks, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are currently on Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. In our next episode, we will be exploring locks and Islam. The conversation promises to be entertaining, informative, and very, very enlightening. If you're a Muslim woman considering locks, or you're just curious about what goes on under that hijab, trust me, this next episode is for you. It will be a pleasure to be your host again very soon. And don't forget to keep it locked with an attitude. Bye.